0: You're listening to Alternative Thinking, Both Sides of the Coin, a production of the Canadian Association of Alternative Strategies and Assets, where we explore today's markets and alternative investments from two distinct perspectives. Today we're talking health and wellness with two experts in the space who eat what they cook and have some great tips for everyone about how to achieve and maintain peak health regardless of whether we are in this COVID-19 crisis or not.
1: James Brown is the president and co-founder of CASA. All opinions expressed during the show by James and our show guests remain their own and should be used for informational and educational purposes only. Find out more about CASA at casa.ca.
0: Welcome. Today is Wednesday, May 13th, and I'm James Brown with CASA, and this is Alternative Thinking. Today we have Caroline Chow, CASA co-founder and also founder of Happy Health and Confity Kong with Bodhi Research Group. Uh, We'll start with self-introductions. Start with you, Caroline.
1: Thanks, James. So uh, as you mentioned, I am co-founder of CASA and uh, I also have a a nutrition practice called Happy Health. So it's nice to be able to mesh my two uh, passion projects together today. So uh, with Happy Health, uh, that really started out because I am also a certified culinary nutritionist and a spin instructor, and I'm also pursuing my RHN designation to be a registered holistic nutritionist. And my practice really focuses more on the whole body, so uh, nourishing your body uh, and mind physically, but also uh, and the spiritually or more soulful side or that soul food is often we like to say. So looking at other factors that could be contributing uh, to your health and, and how stress can play such a large part and other uh, alternative methods of uh, health through meditation, yoga and uh, things like that.
0: That's great. Whenever I think of culinary nutrition expert, I, th- I kind of think of CNE, which leads me to think, of course, of deep fried lard. Uh, or Mars bars or something. So that's obviously not it for you. But uh, <laughs> so no. what do you what do you mean by that? How how spiritual do you get? Uh, you said Meditation and that and yoga. Like how how mm-hmm. far does this go down down that well?
1: Uh, it's funny you say that about the CNE too. Uh, as as an aside, that's also what initially comes to mind as well. It's probably not the best acronym, but it is the complete <laughs> opposite of that. Uh, spiritually. I mean, for me, it can differ for everyone. For me, it's just uh, taking time. I try to do daily meditation, and that doesn't have to be long. It's it's normally only three or five minutes, uh, and then also some short yoga practices, or using things like uh, affirmations. Uh, normally, positive affirmations mm. that sort of change. Uh, though they can help you change the way that you think or your perspective so it's just it's just a one sentence that you can repeat to yourself if you're feeling unsure or often if uh, before maybe a presentation right if you're feeling nervous just a positive statement that sort of gets you out of that uh, nervous mindset so to say uh I, instead of thinking, you know, self-doubting yourself to instead tell yourself, I am an mm-hmm. expert in this field. I know, I know what I'm doing and people will love my talk. Just a, a short sentence like that can really uh, make a di- make a big difference.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Actually, I think I've, yeah, everyone thinks I'm an, in, an extrovert, but actually I'm fairly introverted. And at first it was really tough to speak. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I would just get up and say, okay, let's go. <laughs> That was it. Like uh um, mm-hmm. not wasn't even as long as just do it, but uh, yeah, I guess you know, being being confident in that. And that's funny because I never really thought that you wouldn't be confident, but I guess that's because you're doing that. That's interesting. Um, that's really cool. And then the spin instructing—you've been doing that for a while. I guess you're you're belting out orders to people as uh, as a uh, as the legs fall off. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, <laughs> it, I've been at it for about two years now. It's I'm really missing it now with the the quarantine, mm. but it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's I find that once a lot of people are often intimidated by the thought of a spin class, because it does look very intense and it can be, but what's uh, really different about it is that it's actually, it's really up to your comfort level in a sense, because mm. we're all on stationary bikes, so, No one can really see how fast you're really going, right? So you can change your dial. I like that. You can gear up exactly as much as you would like. I'm going to recommend, uh, you know, to add gear and to challenge you during the class. But it's really up to your uh, fitness level. And so I try to keep that in mind when I'm teaching too, right? Because that's that's something that's important when it comes to health and fitness too, is that it's very individual. What might work for me or might work... Mm -hmm. For someone else, doesn't it's it's not always the same for everyone else.
0: Cool. Let's go to Yuka Confidi. What's your story?
2: Oh, thank you, James. So my name is Confidi, and I work as a creative lead with Bodhi Research Group. So I focus on the company's branding and marketing, um, bringing kind of ideation to execution, and conducting the design strategy and the operations for the educational arm, and that includes the seminars, webinars, and conferences as well.
0: Very cool. Before that, like you have a lot of experience with with branding and such, or what would say your your background?
2: My education experience ranges from creative direction, social art direction, uh, brand identity, digital marketing, market research, and other forms of strategy development. Um, So my background in terms of the sectors I've worked in have been quite varying and uh, opposing to what I'm working now and a little bit contrasting. My uh, involvement has been primarily in fashion, entertainment, and in the culinary world as well. And again, with the focuses of direction, photography, styling, even copywriting. So it's been multitudes of um, skill sets, but primarily it has been a mixture between creative direction, marketing, and some client services as well.
0: That's cool. And I think, I don't know, I always thought you might be a, bit, a lot more analytical, but uh, of course, very artistic too in getting the word out. And you're working with, with Ranjan, who is extremely analytical, but also pretty creative. Like, How does uh, how do you guys kind of bounce off one another there?
2: Well, in terms of analytical, um, given my education background, I uh, received a diploma in business marketing and then later on a degree in organizational leadership and psychology, Mm -hmm. Um, My most recent certifications were UX design and data analytics, like you mentioned. So my primary focus and the STEM was always a background of business marketing and market research. And what I had on the side, I should say, I was doing in conjunction with was dipping my hands in art. And I think uh, coming from a very pragmatic family, um, to pursue a full-time career primarily in arts just didn't seem plausible in their mind. So I've always had something as a main focus being in marketing, market research, um, heavily into business. And then on the side, I would have creative projects to stimulate my mind and just to kind of stimulate the passions that I have. And later on in life, um, I was able to find a bridge between these two worlds, seemingly opposing worlds, Mm -hmm. I should say. And I think that was actually the most interesting challenge Meeting Dr. Baduri had actually helped me a lot with combining those two worlds. I mean, one great thing about him is that he's very open-minded and he's always willing to accept new ideas, whether Mm. they're right, whether they're wrong. He doesn't believe in a wrong or right answer. So having that type of open, collaborative atmosphere, it really allows for the best ideas to come out. And, you know, even though his background is in mathematics. Yeah. Einstein would definitely argue that mathematics is a high form of art. And I think that's actually a wonderful thing to be able to combine his mathematical slash creative skill set in combining mine. And we're able to create a lot of different ideas.
0: Cool. I know he, whenever he goes on on trips, which he won't be for a little while, but um, he would always be running and stuff. And uh, so what's what do you do for, for exercise?
2: Um, on the fitness and wellness... Um, so as of lately, something that I have incorporated in my day to day is fairly routine. So I run about three, you know, if I'm lucky with the weather, four times a week. Um, I try to keep them paced out, and I use them opposed to, you know, just keeping in shape as also a good check-in, you know, a way to start the morning. Um, so primarily Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I keep it anywhere pretty light between three to five kilometers, and if I kind of want to push it up a little bit for uh, more of an endurance, and I'll incorporate some hit intervals and workout. I incorporate some strength training on Saturdays. Um, aside from that, exercising, I mean, it could be something as simple as Pilates, stretching, yoga, and exercising of the mind, similar to what Caroline had mentioned um, with meditation. So I find that incorporating exercising, it doesn't matter whether it's everyday you know, once every other day, or even just once a week, I think having that little moment to get up stretch and get the blood flowing really does make a difference. So during these times, exercise has been a huge part of my daily routine, um, before or even after work.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. Cause I, uh, I still get up at five, uh, and Caroline can attest that so I usually get up at four and start sending, uh, sending emails out for work. But, uh, I'll uh, I'll go out for a walk for like an hour hour and a half and then later have another one for about an hour um, and so that's kind of my way of kind of recreating the experience of going to the airport every week or so and then going down the long lines at Pearson and then getting <laughs> to the airport and then that sort of thing so uh, well what uh, so Caroline is that is what I'm doing walking an hour two hours whatever it is uh, a day is that enough to uh, to replicate actual... Like enough steps, enough of a workout compared to being not cooped up. Or what? What do you think people should do while they're in isolation?
1: Mm -hmm. I think so. Essentially, you say you take about a two-hour walk a day. That's. I think that's that's actually pretty good compared to some. That uh, the point is just to be doing something to have some sort of movement in your day, right? Because it's easy to just Mm -hmm. stay stagnant at the computer and the days. Uh, can fly right by, right? And then before you know it, you realize you haven't, you've barely gotten up and you, you've only taken, you know, 50 steps that day. So I think that's that's really good. And it's good to break it up, break up that screen time also with that afternoon walk that you mentioned. So that's something that I like to do too. So in the morning, I'll also go for a walk, not quite the same as yours since I do live in a condo in the city. But I have a, I'm lucky to have a, big balcony so I, I like to go outside sort of do a walk around there and then in the afternoon I'll also try to go out for a 20-30 minute run which uh, I find oh, be yeah. really it can be really uh, refreshing right because it takes that you get that break from that screen time and then you can come back with um, being more alert too right. And then you get some sunshine too, which we're all lacking, also being stuck at home.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, my kids run. I don't really run. But uh, yeah, I guess it's good to hear that I've maybe got the, got the time in there. Um, mm-hmm. And then vitamin D is important. So um, is there any, um, you do a lot of food research, obviously. So what's, what's the best food that you should eat? Um, my wife was saying something about that some food that's really good at, at bringing in the vitamin D. Do you have any uh, advice for people that they should? Used to supplement their diet without taking necessarily taking supplements
1: mhm uh, yes, so i actually so with my uh culinary nutrition background the the whole goal is to try to get our key nutrients uh, all through whole food sources instead of supplements, so for sure, whole foods are always the best way, and so by that I mean. Food items that don't come in packaging. So you want to think of something like an apple that has everything all packed in the way Mother Nature intended to. Mm -hmm. So some great key nutrients and now would be those that have uh, high levels of vitamin C, vitamin A, uh, and vitamin E. So those are Mm. our key antioxidants and great foods for that. Uh, Vitamin C, I know we always think about citrus fruits and oranges. And for sure, that is uh, a really great source. But there are many other things too, like uh, bell peppers, specifically red bell peppers are really high in vitamin C. Kiwis too, right? Uh, Yes, kiwis too. And uh, rosemary and dark leafy greens are really good. Uh, and and lemons also. I know that is one of the citrus uh, fruits, but lemons are really good. I try to have a, a hot lemon water every morning too. And then vitamin A, we're thinking of uh, cilantro, broccoli, spinach, uh, sweet potato, anything that has that uh, carotene or that orange-yellow color. So mm-hmm. also uh, carrots or squash, what come to mind right now and then vitamin e uh whole grains so that's not the the refined white grain but the like something like brown rice that has the full bran and the germ inside of it yes (laughs) and because that is you want the whole grain because that's actually where all the fiber and uh, those nutrients sit Uh, and then also nuts and seeds are really great source of vitamin e so those are really great things that you can work into your diet uh, instead of having to take uh, supplements.
0: Now you haven't mentioned hamburgers or pork chops or anything. So how much <laughs> meat should people eat? Uh, I guess y'all you, you need protein, but yeah. And I, I, I imagine there's different kinds because soy protein is different from maybe animal protein. But uh, can you get away with not having meat? And uh, like some people say that one McDonald's meal is one too many. Or where are your view on that?
1: Yes, for sure you can you can definitely uh, get away without eating meat. And when it comes to how much meat does each person need or how much protein, that's a really individual question. So it depends on the person, any of their pre-existing health conditions, uh, anything like that. Uh, but uh, if you're talking about someone not eating meat at all, so someone like a vegetarian or a vegan, for sure, there are there are actually a lot of great sources of protein outside of animal meat, including the tofu that you mentioned, uh, legumes, uh, beans, uh, and there's actually a lot. There's there's small amounts of proteins in just regular vegetables too. So something oh. like broccoli too. Yeah, you'll you'll get small small amounts there too. So there's there's definitely ways uh, and. Right now, it, it's best to try to mix it up. So you want to try to get animal-based protein, but also try to mix in some plant-based protein as well with uh, tofu and whatnot. Because that—that's you're getting a varied, more of a varied diet, and you'll get uh, mm-hmm. a greater range of nutrients, which is really what your body needs. So I, I know that sometimes we can get stuck in our routine, or you know, we always like to eat one specific thing. Uh, for breakfast, for example, but you want to try to mix it up because, so that you can get that range for your body that it's looking for.
0: Cool. I have a pretty varied diet, so that's good. A bit of an omnivore, but uh, so and then uh, for confidence, thinking about the the range, uh, I'm thinking like range of motion. Uh, you mentioned your your workout routine. Um, that's changed, I guess, during the the COVID times here. So what were you doing before, and and do you think you'll bounce back and just? Do the same as you were doing before when when everybody starts to uh, uh, be able to run around the block and and go to the uh, go to the gyms or do you think it will be more with the kind of routine that you have now?
2: To be quite honest, I think that going from pre COVID to now during COVID uh, workout routines, you do find ways to supplement certain motions. Uh, for example, I would definitely agree that my workouts were probably a bit more intense. Prior to this, given that you had access to equipment, machinery, and mm-hmm. just just like a plethora of different options, I mean, I incorporated bootcamp classes at least three times per week, and um, wow. similar to you know what Caroline mentioned about spin classes, is that the beauty of a bootcamp class. Though your heart rate monitor and you know some of your data is projected onto a screen, it's quite anonymous. Um, And people are working at their own pace, which really helps. So for me personally, though, I have to wake up quite early in the morning, I would be lying to your face if I told you that I was a morning person. So I, I actually have to find ways to motivate myself. So by enrolling into a class, knowing that I have to show up at a certain time and knowing that they close the doors five minutes, you know, if you arrive tardy, it really does help with that extra boost in the morning. And then once I'm there... Once I'm on the treadmill, I'm on the floor, and there's a whole environment there to be, um, I guess, working off of the different energies. That's when you know I have to kind of wake up, force myself, and then get into the one-hour workout. And by the end of it, obviously, I'm extremely glad I got out of bed and that I even did it. But it's just that initial part is very difficult, and mm-hmm. actually, that part is what I was battling with when. Um, I had to transition to during COVID workouts was enforcing myself to wake up at that time and being my own motivator and my own coach. So I found that it actually changed my perspective a lot on working out and exercising. I started off easier to make that transition smoother. And then eventually Mm -hmm. I started looking forward to these mornings because I realized given my work schedule and another point that Caroline made, which is really important. Sometimes you get lost into the work hours. And suddenly, six, eight, ten hours go by, you realize you haven't been eating your regular meals. You barely left your desk other other than using the washroom. Um, And, you know, your back and your posture and everything is very stiff. And I think that plays along into, from a long-term perspective, you know, dealing with these aches and these pains. And at at the beginning, I realized, you know, before this whole happened, I thought to myself, we may be in this for the long haul, and if we are, I think that we should probably create a new schedule, a new normalcy, a new no- routine.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: if it does, you know, if it does last one month, two months, great, we can return to the office or return to work as if, as as normal. But if not, if we're in this for the long haul, then we need to create a a new normalcy, a new a new lifestyle. So for me, I think what really helped was reinventing like a new schedule, and then living my life as if I was still living my life prior to this. So I still take my lunch at 12. I still have my tea break at three. Um, you know, I work out in the morning before I start my work day, And then I finish usually around six, 6.30. And I still have my dinner at seven. And I found that keeping that type of routine, it really helps regulating your sleep, your digestion and everything all around. So overall you just kind of perform better despite you know working from home in a different environment that may be a bit more closed
0: yeah actually i don't even remember my walk <laughs> like right about now i'd be like did i go out this morning of course i did but exactly. uh, it becomes like a commute i just like rock it and done and then get in and then then go
2: yeah exactly
0: and uh, my motivation is that i don't want to buy new pants so <laughs> 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 oh my suits oh my god <laughs>
1: yeah that's true but it's it's funny that you you mentioned that confidently just that adjustment period because I found myself that I also uh, struggled with that a little bit in the beginning of Uh the whole uh, quarantine just because for myself too right even teaching spin class kept me accountable right I had to be there by a certain time and I had to exercise whether I really was in the mood for it or not right so Uh keeping that routine is something that's really worked for me too. Uh, but also, uh, what I found is having a, so, a sort of a buddy or someone to keep you on track, right? So
2: oh, sometimes, I that, if right I then. know
1: exactly right early to get up in the morning, I would have um, I'd have someone. I'd have my boyfriend or a friend call me at you know a certain time, just so that we would both be sure that we were up at that time and actually out of bed. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Keeps us keeps us on track.
2: I, yeah, the whole um keeping the friend accountable thing. So I downloaded this app called Nike Run Club app, and it was great. I initially used it just to track my own pace, track my own running, and build upon it. And then obviously, you start realizing that a lot of your friends are on the app, and they all yeah. want to kind of have a virtual running buddy. And now it becomes this accountable thing because it is very interactive. You when you check in, when you wake up, you check in the route. Um, your pace, literally everything that you would have on your own is also reflected on their screen. So even if you want to exaggerate that you have ran or maybe you want to start a bit later, there is someone that could be technically waiting on you, you know, about to start their app. So now they can Mm -hmm. see how far you run, you know, what your pace is. You can have this conversation. You can call them. You can listen to music, share a playlist at the same time. But it does feel like they're there with you because they can actually see the route And the pace that you're running at. So, in terms of accountability, I, I mean, I'm glad I found it, but it's given me that extra a bit of boost now because it's like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, I ran today. It's like, oh, did you really? Because I can see on the app that you've just paced around your house for an hour. Yeah. So it's it's pretty. It keeps you pretty accountable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's so key right now, I think, because if we're all uh, at home right? And that's what we're missing, right? That that sort mm-hmm. of interaction with everyone, especially with those group fitness classes. That it, it makes such a big difference. I do something similar, but I use uh, my Fitbit app and watch. But the Nike Run app sounds really cool.
2: Oh, the Nike Run app is uh, it's great. It's just, I mean, they include a lot of different workouts and different types of guided runs. Sometimes in the morning, if I don't want to run in with a friend and I want to run in silence or something a bit calming, they have have you heard of the um oh, yeah, you have. There's this app called Headspace. Mm-hmm. And they've actually done some collaborative runs or oh partnerships, my. I should say, and they do these guided runs where obviously the founder's most soothing voice you know comes upon the uh, the the track. and he guides you through this run and it's just paired with classical music, and it's the best way to kind of like wake your body up before you start the day.
1: That sounds awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Holy moly. That's pretty wild. So uh, let's get back to the nutrition side because I'm always interested. Caroline has a way to like, what's your boost in the morning? What gets you up? Um, you have, uh, you have these smoothies. Is there a certain one that gets you the energy in the morning or uh, tell us about your, your, have mm. dozens of recipes, don't you?
1: <laughs> yes. I have a fair amount of recipes that I I like to work on uh, in the morning. So I think it's just the movement that gets me moving. I, I do enjoy coffee, but I don't uh, drink it uh, too often. I try to avoid it just because I find that I'm pretty sensitive to it. So it can make me feel pretty wired. <laughs> so I don't use anything like that in the mornings, just having movement, getting up, walking around is really key. But if I find that I need a little extra something one day, uh, I like to make uh, matcha lattes, And that's just because oh. it's, it, it's with the green tea leaves, right? And it's more of a, a steady release of the caffeine. I'm actually drinking one right now, but, uh, and then sometimes I will have, I will have my smoothies. I have one that I mentioned uh, to you before that my super smoothie. So it's a, a mixture of chocolate, cherries and almond butter. And, it's just, it's a good way to get a fair amount of uh, veggies uh, and extra vitamins and minerals in one uh, sitting. So that's why I like to have those in the morning to give myself a little extra boost of vitamins and uh, minerals before. But yeah, something's good. And chocolate, good. <laughs> and
2: oh, chocolate yeah. <laughs> that sounds heavenly. Like I'll definitely have one of those. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, so hold it's, so it. So, so far, good to you? Probably not refined right. sugar, but chocolate's okay or what, what kind of uh to get you through the day. Like I, I drink coffee and then I have like a tea, but I'll have like basically a liter of, of water with my tea, so kinda yeah. dilutes it a bit. But uh what, what should you maybe stay away from or, or what's what's perfectly fine that maybe someone wouldn't think is all that good for you?
1: Again, because nutrition is so uh individual, uh, it depends on the person, because like I said, so for, for you, coffee is fine. For me, I find it, uh, it makes me a little too wired, but it's also, you want to look at moderation, right? I don't really, I personally don't uh, follow the whole, you have to cut something out completely, right? That, that idea, it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense, right? And And if you're going to deprive yourself of something, it's only really going to make you want it more. So if, mm-hmm. if chocolate is something that you really like to have, uh, you can try with just maybe starting to limit it, right? Or cut it down instead of having having a full chocolate bar, maybe have only a bite of it, right? Uh, or just buy a more expensive then, one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. So you can ration it. So you're still getting that. You're still getting that chocolate that you really like. Yeah not at in such a not at such a heavy load on your body and then as you start to cut it down too you want to make sure that you're not uh just chugging it back or eating it really quick you want to really enjoy whatever Mm. you're having
0: that's cool how about uh maybe for both of you both of you are in apartments and uh you know i'm up in the country pretty much here so i've actually put in a couple garden plots uh haven't put anything in it yet but uh how can people, like assuming if the logistics get weird uh, for veggies and that, like can people actually uh, or are you guys looking to grow your own vegetables and other types of things at your at your place, or is that more left to the professionals?
1: So I'm lucky that I have a really uh, sunny balcony. So yeah, we do plan on trying to grow. We always try to grow a few herbs every summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah I think a few vegetables it's it's nice to be able to grow your own if you can Uh, but I I'm trying not to go into that mentality really that everyone else is you know go shopping and buy everything that they can and that they see but it it always doesn't hurt to be a bit more sustainable anyways and to try to grow some of your own
0: Mm -hmm. yeah because we we like to say we our house view is that it's going to be 12 months we got to or so we got to get the vaccine and stuff before people really start to get together. Mm-hmm. And uh, like some people are great with home isolation and others are, are not so much. How do, you, how do you guys see this this uh, playing out over the next uh, year or so? I guess maybe from a psychological point of view, because I think people have, a few have hit the breaking point to like, hey, I got to get up and get a haircut um, no matter what. Uh, how do you think? And then how can people kind of deal with that stress? Um I cannot meditate, I'll probably fall asleep, but how can people, <laughs> if not meditation, then how, how else can people uh, deal with these types of things where literally things are just way out of your control?
2: So I find that incorporating different activities really does help. Aside from just exercising, it doesn't always have to be physical movement. Primarily, I find with like the mental health aspect, for some people, the reason why they're experiencing these breaking points, at least I find among friends and other peers, is that it is a form of lonesome that they are creating and something as something like a text message or an email or even a phone call isn't sufficient mm. they need to have that type of human interaction which I totally understand something as simple like you mentioned going to get your haircut or going to an esthetician or going to the gym there is that social component and even though you may not be interacting with a friend one-on-one it's having that human connection and that conversation and unfortunately right now like you mentioned it's just not going to be safe and it is a process of accepting that but it doesn't mean that you can't find other replacements whether it be video calls facetimes you know and it could be something as simple if you're texting them perhaps the things that you would usually talk about send more photos maybe photos of your meals photos of your day-to-date so it doesn't feel like there's a break in between your friendships or your relationships um, and another way i find a lot of my friends and a lot of other peers have been revisiting hobbies that maybe they never had time for or maybe they've always put on the back burner such as reading you know revisiting old movies i definitely went down a whole. i went through actually a bit of like a weekend marathon where i treated myself to just watching 70 and 60 well 60s to 80s classic films Um, And then I went through Mm. a good list of books, actually, because now I actually have a time where I'm not being pulled from one side to another dealing with a task. I actually have one to two hours of free time completely uninterrupted, which is a massive luxury, I think, for all of us in this industry. And I can just have a deep dive into the books. So one thing for me is like I've been going through my list of books, you know, movies, I've cooking every meal so now I can finally take on these challenging recipes that I've always wanted to do Um, and I -hmm. think that also does help like you don't necessarily need to sit down and meditate because I know for some people they can't get into that zone or some it's just not for them which is totally fine but there's different forms of meditation I know that when it comes to me cooking it's a massive distressor. when I read my mind is elsewhere I'm daydreaming there's during those times and I find that that moment of peace for your mind does serve as a purpose in a form of meditation, which does eventually help with um, the mental health, you know, dealing with this disaster, dealing with the situation, anything to put your mind
1: at ease. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that's why even when I go for a run, something like that, it it gets me out of my head, right? And you just Mm -hmm. focus in on the music and just moving your body, right? And even that that mental break can... Mm -hmm be a big play a big part uh, but also so yeah i think that's that's a good point that when we say meditation it doesn't have to be the typical meditation that you think of you know
0: like a thing yeah exactly sitting cross-legged <laughs> on the floor thinking about nothing yeah okay exactly that's good.
1: <laughs> so anything like that to really just get your mind uh to change your mindset right or uh hobbies as you mentioned, are, are really good. But I think it's also key to remember with hobbies, We what's so great about them is that we need to remember to differentiate our time working and, the, and our off time, right? Because we're always mm-hmm. at home. So our environment always looks the same, right? So you want to make sure that you're changing those, those activities and the, the way that you're spending your time, breaking it up. And so that there's a clear break between them. But also, if you do want to try meditating the the traditional way that we're we're talking about, so Confidy had mentioned Headspace, which can be a really great app that you can download and it takes you through uh, learning how to meditate and they're really short. You can start with even just, I think it's one or two minutes to start and it, it's guided meditation and then you can work your way up to something longer if that's something that you'd like or that you'd want to try.
0: Yeah, neat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've might been doing the wrong thing because my new avocation is podcasts. So, <laughs> I think it's our thirty seventh recording. But um, yeah, that's been kind of uh, my way to get through stuff is because now we can just talk to any, like anybody. Like you don't have to wait to go to London or to go to Vancouver or whatever to to, to speak with people. And then Zoom, which we never really did before, I always thought it was kind of goofy to uh, you know do a, a web call, you know, with the video. What the heck? But, uh, but now I think everyone's kind of craving it. <laughs> so, yeah. so things have, things have changed a bit, but, uh, and yeah, I think people should also, also listen to podcasts. They should listen to as many as possible, especially from us. Um, wow. This has been great. Uh, lots of advice here, lots of cool stuff. And I know that we'll uh, love to check out the happy health website to get, uh, get your smoothie recipe. Uh, but I know you've, you've handed out a few times at our, at our conferences. So uh, people can always get it through us. And that's uh, been great to have both of you on. Thanks, Caroline. Kim, thanks, uh, Confidine. We'll uh, look forward to having both of you on another podcast sometime soon. Thanks a lot.
1: Yes, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. That was a lot of fun.